Tax Flow Podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast here, episode 43 today. We're going to jump into money tips for teens. So we have a great guest, as always, joining us on this topic. Couldn't think of a better person, actually the host of Save Like Dave the podcast. Be sure to search for that if you haven't yet. Um, Great guy. You'll meet him here in a minute. But before we do that, as always, let's take a moment. Thank our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Strategic Associates. Are you a high income earner, real estate investor, or successful entrepreneur who is frustrated by having to pay $75,000 or more of annual tax liability? If so, Strategic Associates can help. Your first step to saving thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, is to contact Roger Roundy at roger at strategicag.net or by calling 801-641-2956 and be sure to tell them TTF sent. Hey everybody, welcome back to Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast. I am John Trapalski, one of the co-hosts here, Chris Picuro. You're not to my left, you're not to my right, you're actually across from me. We're doing this virtually today. How's it going, Chris? It is going awesome as usual, Johnny T. Great to see you uh, in the last those couple of live episodes from Taxposium, and we've got a couple other live events coming up that we're going to be broadcasting from. But I am super excited about today's episode. Uh, I had to beg, borrow, and steal to get our our um, our special guest on. And actually, no, because he's a super nice guy. Excited to really take some of these financial concepts that we talk about and and really break those down for for teenagers and also parents of teens and and i'm excited about today's episode but excited to see you again as well oh i appreciate it i appreciate it so before you go off on too much and make me sound way cooler than i am right let's welcome dave alger so dave before i let you actually introduce yourself there's a couple really important things here i think i need to mention right so you actually live in the same community as this uh this other fella here chris so we're going to refer to you as Chris's babysitter, because somebody needs to well, keep him out of trouble. I mean, we all know right, this right. is true. I mean, when he's not playing pickleball, which I do want to noted that I was the one to talk about pickleball before Chris was on an episode for once. So this is a it's a milestone moment. But how's it going, Dave? Hey, John. Thanks for uh, checking in with me. Yeah, I'm doing well, and I'm definitely addicted to pickleball, just like Chris is. It's it's a good sport, you know. I, I think we had a podcast a while back with uh, with the band Moon Taxi, who I'm, I'm right. sure you might be yeah. familiar with. Um, and I believe I forgot who it was. It was either Tommy or Trevor that said it was geriatric tennis. So I don't want. I just I figured I'd get you guys really fired up at the beginning of this since we're going to talk about money tips for teens and a probably a good life lesson tip for a teen. We should say is don't call it geriatric tennis. You'll get yourself in a lot of trouble, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. No, I was just going to say real quick, it's definitely skewing younger, like almost by the month. We're seeing more and more young people playing it. So it's not for old people anymore. It's for everybody. That's a I good way that. Dave, Dave's son has been out on the courts. My little 10-year-old's out there all the time. We have a yep. huge group of, uh, I would probably say, high school up into college players now. And, and, you know, I would say also, I brought my cousin out and Johnny T, you've been out on the court. I, I'm, I'm not going to con- comment on your physical condition after playing, <laughs> but my cousin who's uh, in his mid forties um, and 
he was sore for like three days after we played. So it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty great exercise, great heart rate swats. Uh, anyway, absolutely, and and like anything in life, right? There's there's a strategy involved. So let's talk let's talk strategy. Let's talk about some of these tips. So Dave, you actually have a really great podcast. Um, thank you. Talks. It's fantastic. It's called cool. the title of that is Save Like Dave. Correct. That's correct. Awesome, awesome. And if, if anybody wants to search for that, just search Save Like Dave. I know you're on multiple platforms. I believe you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, just to name a few of those, correct? Yep, that's right. Yep. Awesome. Save so, Like Dave. Awesome. Save Like Dave. So let's save like Dave. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, really how, maybe a little bit of your background, how you, you know, some of your likes and interests and hobbies a little bit, and then talk to us about the podcast and really just let, you know, what led up to that, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, first of all, I am retired. I've been retired for 13 years since I was uh, 55. My wife and I have traveled a lot. And uh, the whole thing with the podcast was that we retired young and uh, frankly, we did pretty well financially. And so we're able to do that. And I learned a lot of lessons along the way. And so my son and his wife, they have their own business online. So they have a studio room in their home. And so they do podcasts and they do YouTube videos and all that. So Nate, my son, said one time, Dad, why don't you do a podcast on finance because you're pretty good at it? And uh, and so we noodled that down and we, we broke down, how, who's my audience and how do I do that? And I decided to focus on um, people just getting out of college primarily and more specifically people that are um, maybe not in the higher income jobs, like more like not the doctors and lawyers and the the CPA type people. Sorry, Chris, but you know what I mean. Just a lot of the regular folks, and I want to teach them how to be good savers. It doesn't matter how much you make to a point. It matters how what you do with the money you do make, and that's my story. I wasn't. Uh, I never made a lot of money in my career. And I talk about that in the podcast, of course, in the beginning. But the difference was I was a really faithful saver ever since I was a young kid. And that made the difference. Absolutely. And you guys are on, I think you just rolled over, I listened to it the other night, um, episode 60 or 61 on the podcast. Right. Episode 60. So we've been doing it a year and a half. Excellent. So you must have a lot of good tips then, right? Yeah. And again, if you go on that site, you can see all the 60, you can scroll through you know, if there's one that means more to you than others, because, you know, I do try to work towards those young people, but it can apply to anybody. Right. And, and so that's what I try to do. I try to help people motivate them to change their behavior, to be savers and then vet investors eventually. Well, one of the things I loved, there was a two-part podcast about kids and money. We want to dive in today specifically about money tips for teens Yep. And one of the three laws of teaching tax flow that we always talk about is that the tax agencies are, are your involuntary business partner. We uh-huh. will believe here that tax rates are going up in the future and that there's a power to tax-free income and growth, which includes not only, you know, it's, it's easy for someone to say, I love to invest in real estate, yet when you just get out of college and you have a modest income, or even if you are a professional, uh, let's say a, a, a an anesthesiologist or something, you're, a lot of times I hate to say riddled with debt, not necessarily bad debt, but school debt. Right. Um, 
but you know, having rental properties does uh, does provide you some really good tax saving or some tax advantages. And then I know you talk about Roth IRAs, um, but what are just some? Can you give us two or three tips you would say? And, and I know you've really helped um, your son and and uh, others. But but even before they get to college, let's say they're in that on that brink. And gosh, I, I was a Detroit newspaper boy back in when I was 13, 14, 15 years old. Uh, I mean, you know, I probably spent too much money on baseball cards uh, than my mom and dad would would like uh, to know. But um, but what are some of the tips you'd give someone just kind of getting into that first job? It could be someone that just starts babysitting uh, as a teen. Yeah, you bet. It that's really a good segue, Chris. Because honestly. You could do any number of things, you know, from babysitting to doing the newspaper thing. My son did that. And uh, mowing the yards, uh, my son and his buddy, they, next door neighbors, they decided to wash cars in the neighborhood. And, you know, when you're a little, but let's say he was 13, 14, um, he would knock on the neighbor's door, say all new, Nate and Calvin, and sure, yeah, wash our car. So he had that entrepreneurial spirit. But to your point, you know, a young person can start saving right from a young age. And so that's one way to do it. Let me just tell you one thing I, I just want to start with so it'll help you understand savings. 77% um, of parents talk to their kids about money, but only 30% teach them how to save and invest. So that's kind of one of my things, you know, on my podcast, I'm trying to get that 70% of young people that really don't have a clue about how to save. And for, you know, John, you and Chris and I and many others, saving's natural and easy. But for a lot of people, it's tough. And so that's why I focus on that. I agree. We ended up on some of the topic, you know, these, these tips are routines. So if we had to drill it down to three or five or, or really whatever you identify as being the core or the most yeah. important, um, Let's talk on those a little bit. And and if and if you can, maybe elaborate on, I, I know you mentioned too, it really doesn't, well, it does matter uh, to some extent at, you know, at which point you start saving, because obviously it compounds and it, it there's a better result at the end if you do it yesterday and not tomorrow. Um, but maybe, maybe identify some different points in, in life and career, maybe where somebody could take advantage of some of those tips as well. Sure. Well, uh, as early as possible, uh, John, absolutely right. Um, I'll tell you, the, the, related to that, the one question I, I ask almost every person, a young person, if I'm talking to them, I meet them on a cruise or playing pickleball, whatever, I say, are you a saver or a spender? Because what I've found over the years, half the people approximately are savers and the other half are spenders. Spenders, they're the challenge because they just naturally spend. But the savers are easy. And, and once you get thinking differently about savings, um, you're going to be a winner with money. And so that's the first thing I talk about with teens. And the second thing I talk about that's so important is a budget. And some people don't even do a budget. They don't care about a budget. But if you want to win with money, you have to have a budget. It doesn't, you know, whether you're 14 or 54, if you're not good with money, you have to be a saver. You have to save and then have a budget. And once you do that, finances start to change your life from being a burden to being a joy. Like you really like saving and you can see at the end of the month, 
you actually have money in the bank. So that's the second thing I do. Um, then I'll tell you though, the one thing, the most important thing I can say, especially for a person getting started, is you have to have a mechanism to save because most people, what they do, young people especially, is they get their check and they spend it. And if they have some left over at the end, maybe they'll put it in their savings account, right? Well, you need to do just the opposite if you want to win with money. And so what I suggest is you get your money wherever it is. If it's, uh, you know, working a local job or if it's a, a good income, make it automated so that, that I'll, I'll pick a number, 10% of it right off the top goes into a separate savings account. So you have your checking account or whoever your money, wherever your money goes and go to your HR department or go to your bank yourself and set it up so that 10% in this example goes directly to your savings. That way you still have that money, but it's not right at your fingertips. So at the end of the month, you pay our bills, but you still have that 10% put away in a savings account. So that's, that's the first thing that I would suggest. Well, that's great. I mean, having a budget is really a, a metric for anyone. And, yeah. um, and I agree, not seeing the money necessarily, you can't spend what you don't see in many, in many ways. Um, and you know, my, my generation, like we, we were the first ones with credit cards when we were 16 years old and we'd go to, I went to the Detroit Tiger game and I wanted a free blanket. I didn't want a blanket, a t-shirt, you know? Yeah. So I signed up for it. I got a credit card and I thought it was free money, but I, I knew it wasn't. My parents did educate me. My parents never had consumer debt. Um, but it was, but once I you know went away to college, I, I kind of didn't, I wasn't as disciplined with that, even though I was working a lot. Um, I love that you mentioned budget and we all do need a budget and, and kind of like pay ourselves first or save. Right. I, and I know, I remember on your podcast, you talked, I think your son uses mint.com, which I personally like, um, that we are right. into it. If you're here and you need a, you need a sponsor of this podcast, you know, we know we have great connections there. Let me know. But, uh, in all seriousness, what are some tools to, for someone, you know, it could be as easy as writing on a notepad or a spreadsheet, but. Are there any, especially for the younger people, they're used to apps and they're used to technology. Um, any suggestions on how to even create a budget for, for those folks? All right. Well, yeah, I do talk about that. And Nate and my son, Nate and I are totally different that way. I'm still really old school. Mm -hmm. And I just take a, a legal you know, sheet of paper, you know, a yellow legal sheet, and you just write down your, your income on the top Put a line under that and then write down all your expenses. And under the expenses, how much do you pay for gas? How much do you pay for utilities and food and rent and whatever it is? And make sure you have everything. And that budget, um, it'll have to be adjusted from month to month, but you'll get a general idea after doing that a couple of months. And by doing that, you see exactly where your money goes. And uh, there are definitely other uh, websites where you can get, uh, you know, a budget tool to use. I know Dave Ramsey has one. I think it's called Every Dollar, and uh, it's free if you want to do it that way. And uh, my son does it that way. So I know probably most people in today's, you know, day and age, it's all electronic, and that's totally fine. I just find I can write on a piece of paper really quick. I can see really easily where I'm at at the end of the month, 
did I go over it? Did I go under? And, uh, you know, just from there. So for someone just like a teen just starting to work, or even if they get their birthday money or money from grandma and grandpa, uh, right. do you recommend they set up both a checking and savings account? And, and you're saying put some, put about 10% away into the savings immediately? Yeah. I mean, everybody's different, but it, honestly, a young person, you know, is living with mom and dad or, uh, you know, their expenses, honestly, are really low. They could save easily 50% of their income. You know, say, like, their their needs are different than ours, right? They don't have a mortgage and all that. So you could set that up, you know, with mom and dad, the, the child would go and say, hey, I want to, you know, save for these new sneakers or a new pickleball racket or whatever. And I and I make 20 bucks a, a week doing babysitting, whatever it is. And you could put aside... $10 a week or $20 a week and put it directly into savings. And um, that's how you're going to win with money. It, it's not so much the amount though, it's the habit of becoming a good saver. So over time, once you start making real money and you're a good saver, it changes your life. I'm telling you, it changes your life when you have money in the bank. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, you're right. And I love that. We, we, I always talk to our kids about pra practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes habits. That's and right. And that is life. That's for all of us. You know, we're, none of us are perfect. Um, no. Um, and if you practice the wrong thing for a long time, you just created a bad habit, honestly. And we do, right. you know, in our consulting of other accounting firms and stuff like that, we talk about that a lot. So, um, and look at where you've been able to, I mean, it's, you know, we kind of kid around about the pickleball thing, but the fact that you were an avid saver, and I know you said in, in your podcast many times that you you um you had an um a good income, but you were never a, a high income earner. Uh, yet look at the, the you're able to retire at, at an early young age, and him you're very you're in great shape. You're still very active, and you get to travel and and do this passion project. Um, is pretty amazing. Um, what kind of work did you do before you? Where you, uh, I don't even know if I just call it retired, but went to the next chapter of, of life. Yeah. I worked, uh, most of my years, I worked retail for Sears and I was in management for them. I was an operations manager. And then the last uh, few years, I worked in property management. And so, again, you know, those fields, they don't pay that well. And I have a college degree. And I know at one point I should have went into, you know, a different line of work, but I didn't. And so my point is, and what I'm trying to do on that podcast is to say, it doesn't matter where you work, how much you make, it really matters what you do with your money and what you do with your time. And uh, that'll change your life because I didn't become a millionaire, you know, when I was 30 or even 40, but I did become a millionaire because I became a good saver. And then eventually I became a good investor. And I learned that over time. And so my point is, I'm just a regular Joe. I even call myself Mr. Average sometimes on the podcast because I really am average in everything except for being a good saver. And that will change your life if you start doing that. I think you're better than average in pickleball though, Dave. So don't get out. Uh, but <laughs> it, yeah, I, I got a quick question for you actually. So do you feel that, you know, you developing those, those good habits, we'll say great habits, those great habits of saving earlier on do you yep. think that had a very positive impact on your investment decisions? 
do you think that you've you've gotten a little bit more conservative or you know you feel i wouldn't say more obligated to do diligence a little bit more but how do you think that's impacted you today as far as for investing goes yeah i mean as you know john that that changes over time when you're young you can be really aggressive and invest in tesla you know buy 100 shares of tesla and, and you know who cares if it goes out you, you lost whatever but uh what i tried what i try to teach and what i've done is I initially read about real estate and I read 10 books on real estate and I bought my first rental and then I bought another one and then I bought another one and so on. But then eventually, you know, you started getting money from the rentals in my case and then I invested in the stock market and I I had to study, I had to learn because I don't have a financial background that way at all. But my point is that you, the average Joe, can do that if you, you know, make it a purpose in your life and start savings and then start investing. And when you do that, to your point, uh, you can be aggressive at first. You know, buying a real estate property, a single family home when I was 30, 31 or 32, it was really scary. But now, you know, I, I'll do it. And it's it's not a problem at all. And so now that I'm older, I am more conservative with my money. You know, I have money, a lot more money in the money market and more in mutual funds uh, than I ever did when I was younger. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's really good information too, because it, the, Chris, as you had mentioned too, you know, developing habits, or we'll say bad habits earlier on, you know, you, you just kind of fall victim to yourself at that point. So really developing good ones early on, as you had mentioned, Dave, that it, you know, it greatly and positively impacts you down the road. Right. You know, I know we're we're probably running short on time, but I want to share uh, the most important thing, other than being automated with your savings, is where do you put that money, right? And this is where uh, you two come in, Chris and you know John. Taxes. You know, we didn't when I was younger, we did not have Roth IRAs, and everybody can do that now. You know, within certain limits financially. But I've put a lot of my well, I put all my money initially for my retirement into a 401k, then an IRA. And it wasn't until I think the last 10 years of my career that I was able to do a Roth IRA. So what I really emphasize in one of my podcasts is become diligent about maxing out your Roth IRA because you guys are in the tax business. You know how important that is. And maybe Chris or you, John, you could share the advantages of a Roth IRA. Why is it so important to do that and do it early. I agree a hundred percent. What one of the things John you know, John isn't a tax guy. Um, and that's why he's got such a great hairdo. Uh, but <laughs> one of the things that I we teach in teaching tax flow is diagnose, prescribe. We have different tax, we use color-coded diagnoses uh, to determine someone's situation based on their marginal tax rate. Probably the number one issue I see out there is the wrong diagnosis, meaning if you are in a 12% marginal tax bracket, you should not be putting money in anything tax deferred. You should be putting money into your Roth. And even there, even though there are Roth limitations on income, there are that backdoor Roth option, or for some reason, there's no income limitation on contributing to the Roth portion of a 401k or 403, the 457 plan. And one of the podcasts we're going to be doing in the next month is is Roth versus traditional IRA. We've talked about them in 
separately, but really break down those differences. And especially, oh golly, if you're, um, you know, if if you are working at the mall and making, you know, eight thousand dollars a year, and you're able to save a thousand, even if you're fourteen years old, maybe sixteen. Parents, please take your child, set up the Roth IRA now. That yeah, the power of compounding interest, like you've talked about uh, in your podcast. Is yep. ridiculous, and we think about the you know the, the rule of seventy two, and again we're gonna get a yeah. there's some other content on that. That money is going to grow double, multiple, multiple times, and yep. um and then to have that available tax free, the kind of the, the baby boomer generation mentality was pay off my house and stock as much money as I can in my retirement. And a lot of people in our community that, and that's why we have a passion, and you could tell probably by my voice about tax planning and strategy is. That's great. You have no mortgage. Um, you might have, you know, a significant, let's say a million dollars in your IRA. But every time you take that money out, it's taxable. And every time you take that money out and you're required to take the government says you have to start taking it out at some point. That's on top of that, not only do you pay tax on that money, you start increasing the percentage of social security income that's taxable. So your your yeah. marginal tax rate in retirement is probably higher than it is when you're working because you don't have dependents. And, and I'm so glad you meant, I was going to mention the, you know, how I really loved your content on Roth IRAs. And, and that would be other than creating a budget, creating these bank accounts, don't be afraid to start a Roth IRA for your child. Absolutely. And it's, you know, just one little add on to that. Let's that example of the child that made $8,000, right? And they only saved, uh, you know, they saved a thousand. I shouldn't say only that's great. However, um, even if they didn't put it in a Roth IRA, grandma and grandpa can actually give that person up to the amount that he earned and they can put it in a Roth IRA. It's unbelievable. It's the best thing the government has ever created, I think, regarding finances. So for example, let's just say uh, Joey made $5,000 mowing the lawns and he really didn't save anything. But grandpa said, hey, Joey, I, I can help you let's start a Roth IRA. I'm going to give you $5,000. And that little guy at 14 or whatever it is, he's going to be on his way to winning with money because that's legal and you can do that. You just can't go over the amount that the child earned. No, that's all. excellent advice. Excellent. And I feel like we could go on for this forever, which basically means, Dave, we're just going to have to have you back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But there's so much to so much to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, we're de we're definitely definitely running a little bit longer on this one, which is great. It's a it's a great topic. Um, I hate I hate to say goodbye. I really don't want to because I feel like there's so much we could talk about. But um, for those that are listening, Dave, where's the best place that they could maybe reached out to you if they had any questions? Obviously, the podcast is a is a great resource. What would what would be those best points of contact for you, Jenny? Yeah, honestly, uh, just go on online and uh, savelikedave.com. You can sign up and you can get my podcast. Or if you just want to send me an email and ask a question, if you want to know more, something caught your ear and you say, Dave, I don't really understand that. Can you help me a little bit? And I'll, I'll help you. I'll personally respond to your question. What a good man. Everybody who's listening to this, take advantage of that. Um, resources in your life, such as Dave, is... You know, I, I shouldn't say they're far and few between. There's a lot of them out there, but I, th I don't think a lot of people take advantage of them. So so we appreciate that offer big time. Um, Chris, anything else to add here? Any 
I mean, I know you guys are neighbors. You see each other a lot on the pickleball courts, but my advice would be start saving some percentage of your money. Start earmarking that towards a Roth IRA in parents. Yep. If you don't feel like you have the knowledge to teach your children, because uh, we, we know only 30% of people teach the children, guess what? Why don't you learn with them? Yep. Get it together. And now you've got, you might not be able to play Fortnite or, or run as fast as your kids or do anything, but you could do this together and start doing it together. That's my, that's the advice I've got. That's great, Chris. And you know what? Both of you guys, the kids and the parents have got to win with money. And uh, that's awesome. Excellent. Well, that's probably the best closing we've ever had on this show. So I appreciate that, gentlemen. Um, and Dave, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Um, we know you're you're out in the in the Smokies there at your property out there. So thank you for for joining us on this, Chris. Thank you as always for dealing dealing with me. I should say we have a good time doing these. Um, but again, anybody that has questions on that, reach out to Dave. Reach out to us at the Teaching Tax Law team. We're happy to connect you. Um, or you can contact Dave directly. Um, whichever you prefer. But until next time, we'll see everybody next week. Hey everybody, John Trapolsky here from the Teaching Tax Flow team. Wanted to again thank Dave Alger for joining us. Um, obviously you had listened to some of his experiences, some of his advice on this episode, which was fantastic to listen to. I think all of us as individuals, as parents, could take something from that um, and hopefully help help out our family, help, help out our friends. You know, those that may be in need of a little bit of advice or a little coaching, a little bit of motivation to maybe save a little bit and invest a little bit in their future. So thank you, Dave, for joining us with that. I know you have tons of experiences. I think one of the one of the biggest takeaways from for me from this episode is when Dave mentioned and really described it that, you know, he wasn't set up, we should say. Um, he didn't come into this idea randomly to start saving for the future with millions and millions and millions of dollars in the bank. Um, Dave referred to himself kind of as an average guy, an average person. So I think that's very relatable for a lot of us um, to look at with. So it's great advice there. If you haven't had a chance to, as always, a little shameless plug here, go on to defeatingtaxes.com. Um, that's our private Facebook group. Ask any questions you may have for the Teaching Tax Flow team, for Dave. Reach out to Dave directly via his website. Be sure to listen to that podcast, Save Like Dave. And until next time, everybody, we've got some more great, uh, great episodes in the hopper. So see everybody soon. Thank you for joining us. The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer.